0: featuring expert advice, live coaching, and tips showing you exactly how to improve your life and attract great relationships. You deserve to feel empowered, secure, and loved. So buckle up and let's get vulnerable. Before we get started, I promised myself that I wouldn't forget to share a very important update with you all. I've officially reopened my one-on-one coaching And I've opened up just five spots to work with me privately. And this will be the last opportunity before summer to work with me. Once those spots are gone, they're gone. So if you're really serious about getting off the dating roller coaster, you're tired of the games, and you're ready to attract a great relationship, go apply now. Use the link in my Instagram bio at Dr. Coaching. Or feel free to send me a DM on Instagram, letting me know you'd like to apply. Dr. Morgan here. Welcome. I cannot wait for today's episode. We are talking about enmeshment or codependent relationships today. This is such an important topic. I'm sure many of you can acknowledge that you've experienced these kinds of dynamics and maybe You didn't even really know they were happening when they were. And I want to give you the tools so that you can know when it's happening. You can point it out and give you some strategies on how to stop codependent dynamics, how to move through it. Uh, Myself, knowing that this is a dynamic that I've been through in the past, I know that it could just feel super natural and super easy to fall into if you're not aware of it. So I want to help you as always, my goal, right? Of all these podcasts, help you have great relationships, not just okay ones, not just ones that kind of meet your needs, but I want to help you have great relationships and great relationships are boundaryed relationships. So the opposite of that is a codependent or an enmeshed relationship. Another term that we use in Gestalt theory is confluent. So confluent, codependent, enmeshed kind of all means the same thing, meaning that there's no boundary between you and the other. And to start out this lovely topic, I have a personal story I'm going to share with you. Um a lot of you know that I have a dog and I'm a proud dog mother. I have a golden doodle and his name is Sun, spelled S O N. And a lot of times people are like Sun, like sun in the sky. And I have to say, no, son, S-O-N. Guess what, y'all? That was not a name that I picked. This is an example of a codependent relationship. And I have my dog's name as a constant reminder of a past relationship that I was in where I actually started to take on the other person's needs and wants and even parts of their identity. So Sun is now seven. So seven years ago, I was in a relationship with someone who was very much into the jazz blues guitar, which there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Um, and he was really into this artist called Sun House. And so obsessed to the point where like we were watching documentaries on Sunhouse, listening to Sunhouse's music. It's very obscure kind of music. But at that point, I had no boundaries. And it was that belief that I had that I had to adapt and I had to take on the other person's interests in order to be loved or in order to ensure that they wouldn't leave me. I had to become like them. So guess what, y'all? I started to develop a love for Sunhouse and ancient jazzy folk guitar. Now, if you know me, you know, like you really know me. you know that is not my kind of music. I am a um, rap music fan, it, maybe some e d m, some electronic you are not going to catch me listening to some vintage jazz guitar kind of music. Okay. But I was in this relationship. I was taking on my partner's wants and wishes. And when I got, I got my dog, um, but he was, he, he was there when, when I got the dog. And of course I was talking to him about naming him, And I think it was even me that came up with the idea of naming him son after Sun house, the jazz guitarist. But y'all, there was actually this part of me that really wanted to name him Blue. I don't know why, I just always wanted a dog named Blue. But I did what I thought my partner wanted and I named him son. And now every time when somebody asks me, what's your dog's name? And I have to say son and they say, what? And I have to explain that he's named after a jazz guitarist. And then people assume that I like jazz guitar. And then I have to say, well, no, I don't actually really like jazz guitar, but the guy I was dating at the time that I got my dog did. Y'all going through that is like, (laughs) Such a reminder. And and I'm grateful. Everything happens for a reason, right? Everything does. So, knowing that every time I go through that, I am reminded of the consequences of not having boundaries and not hanging on to your identity. Maybe if I had been in a healthier place seven years ago maybe I would have named my dog Blue and I wouldn't be having those conversations with people. But it's okay. It's learning. And you know what? Sun has grown on me. And now obviously I wouldn't name him anything else because once a dog has a name for seven years, there you go. I mean, it's just, it's their name, right? And I love him and I I love his name. But the moral of this story is that you can't lose your identity. And for those of us who have an anxious attachment style, this is a common, common experience where you are so in tune, you're so in tune with your partner, and you can really feel out what they're into. And Maybe you even start doing it subconsciously. Like maybe they wear flannel, you notice. So you start wearing flannel. Or um, they like to eat keto and do CrossFit. So all of a sudden, that's what you're into. And we've all seen this play out in our friends, right? Like y'all have that friend where, oh my gosh, Betsy was never into death metal. But then she started dating George. And now... All she wears is black eyeliner and black leather, and she's going to Metallica concerts. You know, we all have seen that happen in one of our friends. So what is the root of that? As I said, it's this belief that I have to take on the other person's wants or their emotions or... Um, I need to be like them so that they won't leave me. And a lot of times, well, all the time, this originated in childhood. It came from experiences that you had as a child where you learned that if one person was upset, everyone in the family was upset. Or if, um, if dad was really into church and the whole family was into church, right? It became this thing of there There was no room for what we'd call individuation within your family. So it makes sense that that little pattern just translates over into romantic relationships unless it's addressed. So what are some of the signs that you're in a codependent relationship well, one sign is if there is a disagreement or you feel like you're on the opposite end of something, you can feel extreme anxiety or fear, and you'll have that compulsion to fix a problem. Another sign is realizing that you continuously absorb the emotions of your partner. They're anxious, you're anxious. They're depressed, you're depressed. They love the Tiger King. You love the Tiger King. Um, If you don't DM me, I want to know why. Because I mean, who doesn't love that show? But send me a DM if you don't. Um, Okay. Other signs is you neglect other relationships because you're very preoccupied with the compulsion to make sure that everything is good in your romantic relationship. Um, what I would say is obviously this can be something that doesn't change overnight. And if you're like me, it took years, it took coaching, therapy, and internal work to get to a place where, yeah, I can show up as myself in a relationship. I can express how I'm feeling. I can obviously acknowledge and hold space for my partner if they're upset but I'm not taking on their emotions and I'm not feeling this anxiety that I need to fix something if they're upset. Right. But that, that took a lot of work and a lot of unlearning of the beliefs that I had about myself, the beliefs I had about relationships. So, so knowing that it's possible And I want to tell you this, one of the first, first things you need to do when you're working on this is get really good at making sure that you're tuning in with yourself. Because so many of us, when we're navigating a relationship, we're so busy just tuning into the other person that we're not making space for ourselves. And when we start to do this, it really helps With setting boundaries because sometimes people come to me and they say, Oh, I just, I can't set boundaries. I suck at boundaries. But the reality is, is they don't even know what they need because they haven't even developed the practice of tuning in with themselves. So the first step is to get really good at making sure that you're asking yourself what you want, what you need, how you feel, get in the habit of going inward instead of always going outward. So that's that's my takeaway for you. Start there. And if you're already doing it, do it more. Get better at it. We can always improve at how good we are at tuning into ourselves. So make space for that. Uh, I, as you know, I love to keep these episodes short and sweet. There will definitely be a part two to this because there's so much more I could say. But this is what I wanted to share with you. And I wanted you to know that you are not alone. If you've experienced codependent dynamics, if you've been in relationships where you feel like you have lost yourself. So, so many times when I talk with women and they're, they're going to join my program or they're going to do coaching with me, they'll talk about this idea that they lost themselves. They don't, they don't know who they are anymore. That is the side effect of a codependent dynamic. And until you do the work to change it, you will keep doing that in all of your relationships. Okay. So if you know that you want to change that and you want to have a different kind of relationship, and you're sick of that feeling at the end of every relationship, like, I don't know who I am anymore, I look in the mirror and I think, where did I go? I don't recognize this person looking back at me. If that's you, then come apply to work with me. Go to the link in my IG bio at Dr. Morgan coaching, fill out an app, tell me what you want to work on. And if it's a good fit, if I approve your app, we'll hop on a call. So Obviously, as someone who's been there, as someone who has done codependent relationships over and over, and then finally stopped that cycle, I know you can stop it too. And I know I can help you do that. So go ahead, go apply. And y'all, I hope you enjoyed me getting vulnerable, sharing the story of my dog named Sun. <laughs> Oh, man, if another person asked me, why is your dog named son? I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just kidding. Like I said, it's a reminder to me. It's always a reminder to me. And I'm even grateful when people ask because it points out how much growth I've had. I would never name my dog now a new dog based on what my boyfriend thought I should name him or what my boyfriend liked. Would never do that now. So progress, uh, shoot me a DM if you enjoyed this episode, let me know what your favorite takeaways were. And as always, I am wishing you high self-worth and great relationships. I'll talk with you soon.